The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 843. Today it's a Rebels briefing. We're looking at the last battle. This is season 3, episode 6 of the Star Wars Rebels TV series. Punch it, Chewie. This is Todd Vander Hayden. I'm a national Canadian television anchor with CTV News and a syndicated radio host. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this is, just to give you the heads up, a full spoiler review and look at the Star Wars Rebels episode, The Last Battle. So if you've not seen the episode yet and don't want it spoiled for you, then it's time to save this podcast for a later date. However, if you are ready to get into the details, then let's go. In brief, the episode finds a good chunk of the ghost crew getting dropped off on the planet Agamar, where the Separatists used to have a base, and there had been a pretty big battle, and hopefully they can find a bunch of munitions that can be used for the Rebel Alliance. Meanwhile, Hera and Sabine hit up a fuel depot to gas up the Rebellion, and it works until it almost doesn't, as Governor Price apparently anticipates the move and starts chasing them down, but unfortunately doesn't get them, at least unfortunately for her, fortunately for our rebels. In the meantime, however, things are going bad on Agamar, and the Empire intercepts a distress call, which then triggers Governor Price to send folks to Agamar to try and take out the rebels there. Now, why the distress call? Well, because it turns out that there are a bunch of operational battle droids on there. Somehow, the main strategy droid running the joint figured that the decommissioning shutdown of all the battle droids was a republic trick and he overrode the order so they're still kicking around and they capture rex kanan ezra and zeb chopper manages to escape being caught and ends up being helpful on the outside as usual and the strategy droid of course has gone a little bit nutty i guess you would say in his years of isolation and decides that what a coincidence, he has a Jedi and a Padawan and a clone trooper, so why not stage a final battle to determine who really wins the Clone Wars? Naturally, our heroes make it back to the command center, which is the goal of this war game being staged, but there's a bit of an argument over who actually wins this final battle of the Clone Wars, considering that the droids are not up to their optimal capacity. Ezra, however, has a startling realization that turns the tide on this whole situation. I never really thought about it. I never asked. I know the Jedi were wiped out. The clones were decommissioned, and the droid army was just shut down. The Clone War ended, but why? If none of you won, who did? Yeah, now we're really pulling some pieces together, huh? And of course, the Empire shows up at that moment to attack the Rebels. And Ezra is able to logically convince the head strategy droid that the Empire is their mutual enemy. So they manage to stage one last daring stand. They have to face off a couple of scout walkers, a couple of Imperial walkers, not to mention troopers on the ground and whatnot. And the Ghost Crew is able to escape on one shuttlecraft that chopper has been able to get operational again and the head strategy droid is able to escape with a few of his battle droids on another shuttle 
And there's certainly a moment when everybody teams up together that you think, wow, maybe the rebellion is about to get a strategy droid, and wouldn't that be an interesting thing? But as they are flying away from Agamar, the strategy droid says this. Based upon this battle, I calculate that you have less than a 1% chance of staging a successful rebellion against the Empire. So, this is where we must part ways. And you know, I think he's probably being charitable there. I think that if he was giving the honest answer, it would be a fraction of a fraction of a percent. It would be really minor. And yet we know how wrong he was. In retrospect, he probably should have reflected back on this exchange between himself and Rex, which is a good funny moment in the episode. I have never attempted such a desperate strategy. That's why we always won. Not always. Hey guys, focus on the present. And there's Ezra keeping control of things here. And this is really a teaching episode for Ezra as well. And it seems like a lot of the episodes so far are having moments where they're designed specifically to show Ezra learning, being taught, having realizations about things. There's a moment earlier in the episode which actually has a line from the trailer. And we were initially given to think that the line in the trailer might have applied to Kanan. But in fact, it applies to Rex. Here's that line. Rex has been through a lot. Battles leave scores. Some you can't see. And that's delivered after a bit of a heated exchange between Ezra and Rex. And you see Ezra get a moment where they give you a shot of him. Like they're letting you have a look at him processing the information that Kanan is saying. And you see that there's actual processing happen. And kudos to the animators for making it very apparent that... Ezra is actually integrating these lessons. And there's another moment like that later on, too, where after a strategic maneuver doesn't quite go the way it's supposed to, Rex and Ezra get another heated exchange. And Ezra has another moment of reframing that comes from Kanan as well. And you can see Ezra again trying to integrate these lessons. And in a very real sense, as much as this series is about a band of rebels and how everything is tying in to the larger rebellion that's forming, this is starting to feel more and more like this series is Ezra's story. Now, you could argue the case that everybody's getting their own character development. I mean, you're seeing Hera's relationship with her family and with the rebellion expand. You're seeing Kanan have to deal with being blinded and how that's going to change how he works not only as a Jedi, but also as a master to Ezra as a Padawan. We're going to see more of Sabine's growth and maturation later this year in whatever storyline they unveil with her and her family on Mandalore. And yeah, there's all sorts of character growth happening, but I think Ezra ultimately is becoming the focus of this show. He seems to be the true center around which this show rotates and revolves. And I don't know about you, but I would love to hear from you about this at the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. But Ezra, like Ahsoka, is becoming such a vital and vibrant part of the Star Wars Galaxy story that I want to see what his effect is, and also her effect, Ahsoka's effect too, on the Skywalker saga portion of the Star Wars Galaxy. It's funny because as much as the Clone Wars series was about that time period in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and it's very much about how the galaxy gets to the precipice of being overthrown by the Sith, it's still very much a Skywalker saga story. It's just as much about the incremental steps that Anakin took in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith to lay the foundation for him to fall to the dark side and become Darth Vader. 
But we don't have that at all in Rebels. It is not a Skywalker saga story. Even though, of course, we have Darth Vader appear for a handful of episodes in Rebels, it's not really about him. I mean, yeah, the showdown with him and Ahsoka at the end of Season 2, there is something there, but that's really more Clone Wars related. That is not Skywalker saga related information. And that's where I think the biggest challenge lies with Lucasfilm. They realize that the Skywalker saga cannot be their bread and butter and cannot sustain Lucasfilm for an indefinite future. But by the same token, the audience for non-Skywalker saga-related material is less than what it is for Skywalker saga-related material. I mean, you even have a sense of that from Bob Iger himself, the head muckety-muck with Disney, when he was doing that investor meeting and he was trying to make sure that investors downplayed their expectations for what Rogue One box office is going to be like. So ultimately, yeah, I think I do want them to draw some more overt references to the Skywalker saga element of Star Wars and to connect things in wherever they can. But again, I'd love to know what your thoughts are on that. We're opening a large kettle of fish, as it were, in things to consider about Star Wars Rebels and how it connects to the larger Star Wars saga and what the story's focus really is, how much of it is on Ezra primarily versus the rest of the cast. So please do share your thoughts about this episode and where Rebels is going in general at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. That's going to wrap up the discussion on The Last Battle Season 3, Episode 6 of Rebels. And I've got a trivia question for you on the other side of the break, so stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. I've got a trivia question for you. Oh, and Cassian Andor stopped by. Cassian, what's up? If you're really doing this, I want to help. Uh, as ever, polite to a fault, Cassian. Thank you very much. Last time I asked you about a line that Han Solo says in The Force Awakens that's a direct lift of a line from the original Star Wars. It's hang on back there, which of course Luke says during the trench run, and Han says to Chewie as they're trying to get off the Aravana. Today's question, I meant to ask you this a couple of days ago, but that's okay, better late than never. So Chewie gets shot in the shoulder I mentioned, and I wanted to ask you which gang has a member that shoots him? Is it one of the Kanja Club folks, or is it one of the Guavian Death Gang that shoots Chewie? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge a blockade, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans of the podcast, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not astromech cannon fodder, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.